welcome to the 41st episode of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. My name is Molly, and today I have three questions following on from last week's episode about trees. This week, they're about things that grow mostly on trees, but also some other places. They are about fruit. Our first fruity question comes from Tessa. Over to Tessa. Hi Molly, my name is Tessa. I am eight years old. I am from Canberra, Australia. I like starfruit and Doctor Who. And my question is, how does fruit grow on trees? Bye! Thanks, Tassa, for your great question. Well, to answer it for you, I have Sir Tim Smith, who built the amazing Eden Project in Cornwall inside a huge crater. There you can see thousands of plants from all over the world and wander around a huge rainforest created inside a biome. You can also watch concerts, go on a long zip wire, see beautiful exhibitions and have great adventures. Tim has also restored a beautiful wild botanical garden called the Lost Gardens of Heligan. They're both fantastic places to visit with your family if you're ever near Cornwall, which hopefully you will be one day. Tim knows all about trees, plants, nature and fruit, so he's the perfect person to tell us all about where fruit comes from. Over to Tim. Hello, this is Tim Smith from the Lost Gardens of Heligan and the Eden Project in the wild west of Cornwall. Hello, Tessa. What a great question. How do trees make fruit? It all begins with flowers. The flowers, they come out and they attract pollinators of every kind. And pollinators are the animals, the birds, the insects that want to sip the nectar from inside the flower. When they get close, the pollen of the flowers sticks to their skin or their tongues or their legs so that when the animal goes somewhere else, it will spread the pollen to the next tree. Now, flowers are either boy flowers or girl flowers. And eventually a boy and a girl, they get together and they start to make babies. Like confetti at a wedding, the petals of the female flower fall away to the ground, signaling that the flower is transforming into a fruit. All that's now left of the flower is the ovaries, the eggs if you like. Inside the ovaries, signals are being released that cause it to swell and to grow, and their walls become thicker and thicker, forming a skin. And as long as the tree is healthy, and it's in good soil, and has enough sunlight and water, the fruit will continue to grow and to grow over the season. Now to the next process, ripening. The fruit is currently hard and green, and it tastes bitter. And as the fruit reaches the end of its growth, it begins to release a special chemical known as ethylene. And this causes the fruit to soften and to change color. And if it does so, it becomes juicy and sweet. And we and anybody else could eat it. If the fruit is left on the tree, it would fall to the ground where it would rot and the seeds would grow into further fruit trees around the base. The fruit may be, on the other hand, found by an animal who eats it and then goes on a travel into its next poo. The seed inside the animal is protected from the acids of the tummy by their tough shells or kernels as I described above. If they've been pooed in a good location, the seed will sprout and it will feed off the rich fertilizer their animal friend had given them thus creating a new tree which can go on to produce wonderful fruit of its own. So Tessa, you can see that the whole future of fruit depends on keeping our pollinators safe and keeping our soil healthy and well watered. Now, to end, I ought to say that not all fruit grows on trees. Some, of course, grows on bushes. Others, strange fruit like pineapple, grow from the ground. But perhaps the most extraordinary fruit of all is the fruit that has the seeds on the outside of its juicy body. A very rare fruit indeed, and one that I think you will much enjoy. It is called a strawberry. 
And I hope that answers your question. Goodbye. Thanks so much, Tim, for telling us so many brilliant fruity things, including about the strange and rare fruit called the strawberry. Delicious! I hope that answers your question, Tessa, and you have a lovely day filled with eating lots of delicious fruit. If you have a question you would like answered on everything under the sun, it's easy to send it in. Just ask an adult to record you using a smartphone. Most phones have a voice recorder on them. Then just say your name, your age, where you live, two things you like to do, and ask your question. And send it in to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. There's lots of info about how to send in a question on the show's website, everythingunderthesun.co.uk. Right, our next question comes from Blaze. She would like to know about a hot and spicy thing you wouldn't necessarily think is a fruit, but it is. It's a chilli. Over to Blaze. My name is Blaze. I'm eight years old. I live in London. I like playing the cello. My question is... Why are chilli so spicy and hot? And what is the hottest chilli called? Hi Blaze, thanks for your brilliant question. Do you like chilies? I do. Well, why are they so spicy and hot? Well, it's because they have something called capsicum in them. Capsicum has no taste or smell, but it affects the pain receptors in your mouth and throat and creates lots and lots of heat. All chilies have different amounts of heat. The hottest part of each chili is not the seeds, it's really the central bit that the seeds are attached to. So if you have a really, really hot kind of chili, maybe cut that bit out unless you love food to be really spicy. Now, did you know we measure the heat of chilies using a scale called the Scoville scale, which was invented by a man called Wilbur Scoville in 1912. What he did was he mixed chili extracts with alcohol and sugar water And then he got lots of people to taste some different strengths over and over again until they didn't taste hot anymore. So what he did was he added more and more alcohol and sugar to the chilli and then when they didn't taste hot anymore, he noted it down. Then he created a scale based on how many times a chilli has to be diluted before it's no longer spicy. So a jalapeno, which is quite a common chilli, which you might get on a pizza, for example, comes out at around 4,500 Scoville heat units, or SHU for short, because a jalapeno has to be diluted 4,500 times before it stops tasting hot. To answer the second part of your question, what's the hottest chilli? Well, the world's hottest chilli is the Carolina Reaper, which has a hot, spicy rating of 2.2 million SHU. Wow! I don't think I'd like to try that one. Everyone's always trying to grow the hottest chilli, but the Carolina Reaper is currently coming out top. I hope that answers your question, Blaze. Our third question is about something more obviously fruity. It's sweet and delicious to eat in the summer. It's peachy colour but it's soft and smooth instead of furry like a peach. Can you guess what it is? It's a nectarine. I love nectarines. This question comes from Alice. Over to Alice. Hi Molly, my name is Alice. I'm nine years old and I come from West Yorkshire. I like to have fun activities with my family. Today's question is, do nectarines have nectar in them? Thank you. Thanks, Alice, for your great question. Well, the answer is no. Nectarines don't have nectar in them. 
But the word nectar is in the name of the fruit because nectarines are as sweet as nectar. Nectarine means like nectar. Nectar is a sugary sweet liquid that plants make to attract animals to them so they will pollinate them. Wasps, bees, butterflies, hummingbirds, bats and lots of other creatures. It's also what bees use to make honey. The word nectar is made up of two Greek words. Nec meaning death and tar from a verb or doing word that means to overcome. The idea was that if you could live on nectar, you could live forever. And the Greeks said that their gods just love to drink nectar. Nectarines are super delicious, full of goodness, so do eat them while you can. I hope that answers your question, Alice. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a lovely, lovely, fruity week. A huge thank you to the wonderful Sir Tim Smith for talking to us all about fruit. And of course, a big thank you to Alice, Blaze and Tessa for this week's questions. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and audio networks for all the lovely incidental music we use this week. I'll be back next week answering more questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. Do send in your questions. There's info about how to do that on the show's website, everythingunderthesun.co.uk. If you like the show, please do rate, review, subscribe. Tell all your friends to do the same. I'll be looking out for the most funny and interesting review on the podcast site. It really does help. I hope you have a lovely week eating lots of delicious fruit, especially strawberries, nectarines, and maybe some chilli. And don't forget, if you're anywhere near Cornwall, you've got to visit the Eden Project and the Lost Gardens of Heligan. Thank you and goodbye. (laughs) 